Okay, people, welcome back. It is part two of our conversation with um, Josh Guffey and Jake Kaufman, right? We're talking about their new film, All Gone Wrong, which is, boy, it's great. Right, it's an indie crime noir flick. Man, people, right? It's Josh's first film, but you'd never have thought that, right? So, part one was great. Now, part two, people, you need to know, it does get into some spoilers, right? So, if you haven't seen the film, you might want to watch it first, okay? But if you've got a terrible memory like me, right, then, you know, maybe just listen, right? Whatever you do, we're going to start, get into it, enjoy it, and, uh, yeah, people, let's fucking go. Yeah. I, I I definitely, I think anything else, you'd have felt kind of shortchanged. Be like, wait, come on. Because we get so much grit, right? So much reality. And then like a cookie cutter. And you'd be like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was, but how, like, you know, crafting that ending, right? Well, firstly, how many differences were there in the way it was going to end and then when you decided okay this is the thing what was the fault of that scene creation because the way we get it and then the rotation it was just oh man it was great but how did you go right this is what it looks like and this is what I want it to be yeah I mean there were some comps like you know my shot list Binder was really fun. It's fun to go back and look at now, but it's like, you know, it's like three times as thick as like the script <laughs> is, you know, because I really wanted, I wanted, because we're moving fast. So like, if I'm, I knew as a first time filmmaker, I was going to feel lost at some point, you know, like you just, you just get overwhelmed with decisions and you're like, okay, I need something to return to, to sort of know what I, you know, I need it. I, I need clear eyed Josh from three months ago before the shoot who knew what he was doing with this story to have written a note to my future self saying, just, just make it this way. Don't ask any questions, just make it this way. And so, you know, there were, there were scenes in movies where I was like, okay, the effect of this moment is sort of executed well in this way. And I think it would fold into what we're doing well here. So I would have these like, these frames, I would just sort of say, I'm not going to board this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to screenshot this frame. And so we did that. And, and then that helps me sort of have that, like snap back to having the idea, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that was important to me, but then like, you know, in terms of the ending, there were times where it was somebody else and, you know, something like that happened to somebody else in the story. And it, and, right. and it felt like we were sort of like making the point, but by half, we were sort of too cute by half. And then there were other times where, I mean, frankly, the movie was just a different movie. Like, and Jake can talk about this. And I, and I actually want to hear what he, 
I, I guarantee, you know, he, he reacted well ultimately, but like, I know that he must have just been like, man, this fucking guy, I can't believe he's going to do this to me. But like, <laughs> we, we shot a full budget proof of concept in LA in 2011. I think we shot in 2011 and then finished in 2012 or something like that. And at that time, it was the first 10 pages of the script, which is essentially like the house and the house shootout. That was kind of like what we shot. And mm -hmm. That was supposed to be like a um, like the opening scene of the movie, and it's and it's what sort of kicks off the story. But it was almost more of like a standalone sequence, right. and um, and then the rest of the movie was going to be another case that would then be sort of influenced by that that event, but not like directly involved. And after we shot it and I cut it together, I was like, wait a second, this should be how the movie turns. And so we we had spent. A good amount of money in LA to shoot that, and we and it was a way to be like, hey, we're ready to go. This is how we would make it. Let's go do it. And here's the script. And I made the decision to do a page one rewrite on the movie and change the entire story based on how that went. And it completely changed the shape from page like twenty to one twenty. And I remember telling that to Jake. And him just having like a pause and then basically being like, okay, like, you know, it's been years. What's more years, you know, like, yeah. yeah. But so, so part of the process was me just finding, finding the voice of the movie and just being dumb enough to listen to it, you know? <laughs> Okay. Okay. So yeah, Jake, you really did trust Josh. You, know I mean? <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you really drunk that Kool-Aid, man. Like right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I um it's interesting. Can, can we just say right now or something like hey, spoiler alert, stop listening if you haven't seen the movie or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> um because I I'm I, I I would talk about it. What do we what do we think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to going to spoilers, but uh, it's up to you, Kevin. Oh, no. I, like, this is your time, right? Okay. This is, essentially, you can talk about whatever okay, you guys, uh, Whoever's listening, yeah. stop listening if you haven't exactly. seen the movie, because I'm about to yeah. give you a little spoiler later. Mm. Um, we rent it on Apple TV Plus, iTunes, Prime Video, Vudu, Google Play, Cable On Demand, starting January 27th. That's okay. right. Maybe now that's, spoilers. That's pitch. Now spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're talking about the same spoiler where uh, where uh, uh, Chris gets gets killed, uh, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I. Uh, it, it's interesting, man. Like there were one of the scenes that I was really interested in, and and I think this kind of sparked some of our LA shooting was like the guy coming out from from undercover and and you know sort of going to a a triage like initially this was more of a deep cover uh, uh operation when, when in one of the first iterations of the movie and that was a that was uh a scene that was of interest to me you know coming out of yeah. a deep cover situation going back to an apartment where all your plants are dead and you've got a pile of mail and a note from your ex-girlfriend you know what i mean yeah um and and so <laughs> yeah uh, clearly that ending is you know <laughs> you know decompressing from something like that is out of the question with with the new with this ending or whatever and uh and it was just it was a little bit of a shift i think i had for me to 
process it. I had to process it for a minute, you know, because there was like, you know, because of the, I'm close to the character and I love the character. Mm. And I, I yeah. want the character to keep going. <laughs> yeah. I love a sequel, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, but but I think it served the story well, you know, and in, and in watching it and how it was done, I'm just like, you know, that's amazing. And, and what's funny is around, like in the year or two before, before we shot the movie, I was in a couple of other projects, one play and then another short film, both in both of which I was killed off. So it just kind of fit the theme. It was like it happened in threes, right? And this was like yeah. you know, the PS resistance of, uh, you know, yeah. Jake dies on screen. <laughs> you was you like me the new Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there was all that, you know, originally it was like, the Jim character wasn't corrupt. He was based on a real guy who had passed away in the line of duty and like the undercover, you know, it, it was about him wrestling with that. And then also like there was, there was an element of, and this is kind of semi based on the real case as well, where um, there was a woman that he had become very close to in the town. And then when it, when he had to reveal who he was, it, 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 it was sort of, devastating to her and 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 it was very hard for him to sort of remove himself from from the situation so there was those kind of emotional stakes going on um mm. and so that was kind of present and then also and and those those iterations were part of like at one time we were like what if we really strip this down and it's like what if terrence malick made an undercover cop movie and we made it very free form and it's very meditative and and we're like well, what would that look like and it, and it felt like a it felt like something worth exploring for a little while. And then we were just like, dude, this is fucking pretentious bullshit. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's just make a hard charger. And then, and then once, once we got on the idea of Chris dying, it was like, I think we gotta, I think Chris has to go because, you know, we really had to show what the stakes were for making that decision. And then it based, and what, what I liked about the structure after that is you then see Anthony basically like sort of, it's like a cycle. You see him, almost live this mini arc to make the same decision Chris makes. He's like, hey, now I have all the information about the unit that I need. What am I going to do with it? And, mm -hmm. and that's the audience. That's the invitation for the audience to be like, you know, I would do this or I would do that. But it's like, but I, I needed to show the audience that if you decide to move on that information, your life will hang on the balance once you make yeah. that decision, you know? Yeah, I think the other thing is, like you mentioned earlier, about on the ride-alongs, you see people in the, you can get in the bubble, right? Yeah. And that's what we see Chris in, because throughout the film, like, there's a point where Jolene's just like, I don't need you to save me, I can save myself, right? Yeah. And there are all these things going, watch out, watch out, watch out. But as you say, he then becomes like a bit of the hero cop. So it's just like, I, I can save the day. I can do this thing. So the for it to then go like that, because you're buying into it a little. Yeah. As a viewer, you're being like, oh, yeah, this is happening. This is happening. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And so then when it happens, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Does wait, what? Is this broken? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, it, it was a perfect way for that to all kind of come together, I felt. Yeah. It's sort of a way to poke 
poke a hole in that kind of narrative. It's also, you know, I'm glad you picked up on what Jolene says. It's like, she, she kind of knows, you know, it's like, this is not going to go how you think it's going to go. And, and it's, and it's, and the audiences know it's, it's foreshadowing, but, um, but I, but I liked, I liked just having that in the film. And then, you know, Chris, I can't say Chris is making the wrong decision. I mean, he's making, he's making the best decision he knows how he, he's making mm. his decisions in good faith, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've gotten some interesting feedback from people at, at some of the screenings saying that like, you know, Chris wasn't entirely likable the whole time or, or whatever that might mean. And, and I find that to be um, an interesting, you know, I obviously like so many people want to, to root for a character, but I found Chris to be way more interesting than, than, needing to put him into the hero box like i found you know him slashing jolene's tire and you know all these kinds of things and how he treats junkie jay like that's just who he is and mm. and 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 i think he's definitely a worthy character to follow in my opinion and whether he was going to be likable wasn't really my concern you know well i kind of felt he had to be the way we saw him Right, yeah. because for someone to be undercover for all that amount of time, you're not coming out clean, yeah. right? And you have to, you kind of build up. I say you have it like I've done it. I mean, yeah, I've been undercover, right? <laughs> but I mean, I figured that you you have to kind of create these mechanisms for you to be able to cope, for you to be able to, because if you're too one way, people are gonna see through you. So you have to kind of be defensive. You have to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that comes through. And I think if he was any other way, it just wouldn't ring true. So I think, yeah. you know what I mean? The, the way you played it, Jake, it works so well. And this is the thing. It's just like everyone seems so seasoned, right? It, it felt like, you know, from a guy that's made loads of films, from people that have starred in like major like Hollywood films, because these performances, right? It's the performances, it's the the, the camera angles, the cinematography, all of this breathes so much life into the story that you don't feel this is an indie flick, right? This is a, a low budget indie flick, that this is, anything but a crazy good story thank you thank you that's that feels really good i gotta be honest because <laughs> it's like that's obviously the goal you know like mm. you know and you and you make you know you know you're robbing peter to pay paul you're like okay we we're gonna be able to make the movie but only under for this amount of money and this amount of time and so you have to make those those trade-offs and those decisions and then you just hope that none of those trade-offs will weaken the movie you know and uh and and you know i'm glad you keep talking about the cast like everyone feels so seasoned because you know that was that was you know it's a product of so our casting director joni tackett really held my hand through the process because she knew so many local actors here in st louis who had tv experience in chicago or atlanta or you know, and, and, and we're working all the time. And so she knew kind of who on a local level could round out the cast and be, and be that just really strong presence. And then when we found people, you know, 
the you know Crystal Torres, Law X is Goldie, um, Tony Todd, like those people that were outside of St. Louis, you know, they they were just they were the person right away. And so mm-hmm. I knew like in, in watching their tape, I'm like, okay, this person has the take on the character that is right down the money. And so I was like, okay, once I just need to have, you know, some basic conversations, but like, we're there, you know, like we're, we have the people to tell this story. And then it was just, you know, kind of hurrying things along without making them feel like we didn't have a lot of time, you know, yeah. you want to, and, and that's the cool thing about having a lean production is that you can get set up pretty quick. And so then you can give the actors this illusion of having a little bit more time with them than in reality, it's not a lot of time, you know, you can't work the material over and over and over again. And we didn't have time to rehearse, but um, everybody was able to come really prepared. And uh, yeah, that was, that was the fun part was like, take one, I would watch the monitor and it was like watching the movie. And I, and, you know, I would just be like, I'm supposed to say something. I got to give some notes here, you know, like, and, and, and that was, you know, that was fun for me. Oh man, I've got, I've got so many questions. I've got so many questions here. Like, all right, firstly, with the casting, you know what I mean? what kind of guidance did you give were you like well this character is this like i i want them to be this tall and this ethnicity and this and this and like what did you give or was it just these are the roles the minutiae doesn't really matter i just need someone that can give me a powerful performance yeah i mean for me it was you know so joni Joni was really helpful in that way because like on the page, you know, I, I didn't really call out ethnicity with anybody, but, but she was able to really sort of suss out like, okay, you're like, she's like, you know, especially with like Anthony, cause like I, I had undersold to myself how important that role was for the end of the film. Like he has, he's basically like, he becomes the lead of the movie. Mm. And so she was like, you need to give a really hard look at Antonio St. James because he's a local actor. And like, she's like, I know you think it's not like one of these like lead roles, but you have to cast it like it's a lead role because it is. And so then, you know, she showed me his tape and I was like, you know, I, I literally felt like she had found like a continuity error and saved me before we shot. It was like, it was almost that to that degree. It was like, she, she recognized that like, you've got to cast this very carefully. And, and then, and and she was basically like, she's like, you don't, you can do whatever you want, but like, it, it is, it, it was like her, like, if you want this to go how you want it to go, you need to cast this guy. And, you know, at, at that point, you're like, this is a person who helped cast up in the air when it was in Missouri. And, you know, you're, okay. you're, you're talking to a, an industry you know, a very seasoned person who's seen everybody in town multiple times. And she's mm. like, this guy can be Anthony. And you're just like, yeah, let's, let's go. And then like, you know, when I'm on set, it was like that adage of like, um, you know, the majority of directing is casting and you start to feel it because you don't have to like uh, direct take after take after take to get to this place that you're trying to get to this person that you've cast for 
good reasons, they're 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 right there. Like if not there, right off the bat. And so, if anything, and you're like, okay, now we got time because we're there. Mm. So now let's now let's try a couple of couple of colors that might help us in the edit, but not because we're trying to find it. It's working. It's there. But now let's 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 see if we can make it better. Let's see, you know, what 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 do you want to try, you know, and that sort of thing. And that was fun, you know. Okay. So two things about Joni then, right? Firstly, how do you get someone that season to be involved in the project? And then the other thing is for her to have that insight with Anthony. Yeah. What kind of discussions do you have with her about this is the story I want to make? Here's the script. Like, what do you give her for her to be able to go, okay, this is what you need? Yeah. So I knew I knew because of the number of roles in the movie, we we're gonna need a casting director. We wouldn't be able to really bootstrap it that much and like have me reach out to all the talent on my own because I, I just didn't know enough to really probably do that well. And I had worked with her a couple of times on other projects. Like I was casting some things, like some commercial things. And, and so I knew about her and we knew each other, but not very well. And so this is another one of those times that I spoke about before about needing to pitch the movie to everybody because she's mm -hmm. busy. She's probably going to make more money working on a commercial job, you know, but I, I emailed her. I said, Hey, can I take you out to coffee? I want to, I'm working on this film. Um, production is this date we have these roles and here's the script and then you know she read the movie and we talked and she you know she knew like so you know the log line is it's a crime thriller and so i i don't know if she really enjoys that genre per se but then after reading the script she was like okay i see i see what you're doing here it's it's not just gunplay you're not trying to do like a tarantino gunplay thing on a low budget. And so she, and I love Tarantino. That's, I'm not disparaging him in any way, but I wasn't trying to just like, mm. Hey, look how witty this is. And then look at the cool action. And so then, you know, she saw that I was taking the characters seriously on an emotional level. And so she, I think that's what she signed up for was she was like, okay, I'm going to help you create as much depth within each character as possible. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, hey, there's this guy, Jake. He thinks he's playing the lead role. You got to show me <laughs> options. You got to get me out of this. And she never could. And... Oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so funny because like, you know, at the end of the day, like there were there were a few roles that were just cast. It was like, you don't have to worry about the lead role, which mm. is awesome. You know, and then it was Tony had been signed at that point. And then and then one of the roles was um. Junkie J played by on Marion. We did a, we did some trailer footage stuff when we were in St. Louis. Um, so we had shot this stuff in LA and then we had that stuff, but then we wanted to shoot a couple more of the other scenes that were now in the movie to create like a concept trailer to close on some of these investors. And so I put out a casting notice to all the talent agencies in St. Louis. And I was like, Hey, we're just shooting this movie proof of concept. We don't have any money, but if you have anybody period, who would be interested in playing this kind of role. Um, we're going to be shooting at this time. You know, let me know if anybody's interested. And there was literally only one person in St. Louis that responded to any of the 
casting agencies and it was on Marion and he was starting out and he came to set and like my first time meeting him was on set and he just like, he just like, he just lights the screen on fire. Like his, you know, I mean, he's got these great eyes and, and then, so then, you know, fast forward a few years when we were shooting the feature, that was one of the roles where I was like, I reached out to him before I reached out to Joni and I was like, are you, are you available? Are you ready to do this movie? Cause we're, we're going to go. And he was like, yeah, don't, don't cast the role. I'm doing it. And so then, then Junkie J was, had been cast and uh, yeah. So oh, man, was... he, he, yeah. He killed like, you believe he's on the on the junk, man. Like, and <laughs> just all of that, like, man, you believe it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's he's a guy who is so unpredictable and like he's funny and like all that, all that. He looks like Tom Hanks from Big, like all that stuff. That's just him. That's just him, like oh, fucking around, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, how do you build like? the connections between the actors because you know what i mean you really buy all of the you know what i mean between like jake and anthony and you know um oh, i forget homie that played mikey just like yeah. all of these little interact you believe all of these relationships so yeah. how like what do you do to get the actors connected like that and did you create any like music playlists or movie book playlists to be like, yo, this will get you in the mindset for this role? And oh yeah, check this out for this role. Was there anything like that? If there was there wasn't any anything like that. I think um I you know, as far as music goes, I did have I did have a composer I was like dead set on and you know, had never composed a movie before. And and so I knew the kind of like uh, like ambient kind of score I was looking for. So I, you know, that, that was something I could share with the cast if they wanted to, but you know, Jake can probably speak to it too. Like I put a lot of that kind of in Jake's hands just because he's the leader of that unit. So, you know, he was able to, and I think, I think working the way we did with those scenes where like, it, it was very improvisational. They're just kind of hanging out. Like, you know, Jake really took a lot of that on, um, and, and I was just there to kind of answer questions. If somebody was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a little unsure about this or whatever. And like, I was definitely there with like intentions, you know, like, you know, your, you know, especially that early car scene between Jim and Mikey during the hand to hand drug deal where they're like kind of feeling each other out. And like, Jim is kind of seeing how things go are going during training and like, you know, I, I talked with Peter Mayer, who plays Jim a lot, about what what Jim is. And like Jim, he's kind of like he treats himself as like the mascot of the office to sort of hide some of this some mm. of the layers within. Yeah. And 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 he really enjoyed that kind of like, you know, hey, I'm just kind of a I'm somebody you can trust, you know, and like and planting those seeds and and then and you know, Mikey, you know, he he he's hearing these this this coaching from Chris, and now he's hearing this coaching from Jim that's almost like the opposite. And like, you know, I I I liked I liked um 
I like just kind of putting those things into the actor's hands and, you know, and, and, and goes back to casting. Cause I, I saw like, I mean, watching Pete Winfrey as Mikey on tape, it was like, it was like, you're just watching the gears turn. Cause like, he's not doing very much. Like he knows, he knows the part is, is an observational role for the most part. And you just have to sort of feel that he's like, he's really trying to figure out who he's, supposed to trust mm. and and so i just needed to be able to see that he's like on the outside he has to sort of like you know do that kind of like oh i'm laughing because you're laughing and you think you've just told me a joke so i'm gonna show you that i understand you know and just sort of like that but on the inside through his eyes he's showing you man i don't really know what, <laughs> what mm. who, who to trust here and so you know, those things were just inherent in all these performers. And so I didn't need to like, you know, have a pizza party or anything like that. I just, um, I just wanted to make sure as they were coming in that they knew, they knew what movie we were making and, and what they had to do. And, and, um, and, you know, I think Jake can maybe just talk about some of that camaraderie stuff you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, uh, yeah, Josh gave me the, uh, uh the sort of training role you know and so you know in a, in a mini way on set I, I would you know uh introduce them to people and show them around a little bit and show them what we were doing uh, as much as i could and then um you know share share some of the little bits that i i picked up in my in my police uh ride-alongs not drive-bys um and uh and so i i just kind of i just stretched a little bit to like take on that role, I guess. And, and as far as like the, the sort of connection that we had, I, I, I think it speaks to I, just how, how talented these guys are, like, you know, from Antonio to Pete, Peter, uh, to, uh, you know, we got lucky with that crew, for sure, with everybody on the movie. Um, and so I, I feel like with the good actors that I've worked with over the years, there's they're able to establish a, an instant connection with people around them. You know, there's a certain empathy, there's a certain, you know, uh, openness. And, and so I, I feel like that was there in each of those guys. And so it made it, it made it, um, it made it a lot of fun, but it also made it, made those connections feel more real, you know, in the moment. And, and so we were able to build on a, you know, very tight time frame we were able to build even a little bit of history with each other and, and uh, you know, whether synthetic or through, you know, doing stuff on set or, you know, taking breaks together or goofing off together, whatever. Um, and, and, you know, it speaks to their talent, I think, um, and their willingness and just openness to the project. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun to work with those guys. Yeah. And like, you know, that neck bones thing, it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was something you know, that we, out of the blue. Like I, I was like, Hey, Anthony, you know, what's a, a little, you know, you know, he, he just created that out of thin air. I was like, dude, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And like, the, you know, that's the cool thing is like in a sequence like that, and they know that they're just going to be kind of improvising a little bit. They know enough to like, okay, my, my character is this, like they're, they're, they're the writer of their own character at some point. And so, and you know, down to you know Goldie and everybody like they they they're like okay I I've taken this over and I just had to make sure they they could all fit into the movie you know and so it, it was easy for me at that point because all the actors had taken taken responsibility at that point 
And one thing to know, like the camaraderie that I felt with with all those guys, it was, it, I mean, it was there with, with nearly all, with all of them. But then at one point, Mikey and I, like subtext, have a have a little falling out, you know, on the job, sort of right before he goes to do his big deal. Mm. And, you know, Pete was maybe a little method or something, but like I felt it and it irritated the shit out of me. <laughs> like he, was, he was cold to me like that day on set. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I thought we were cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, that, and the exception proves yeah. the rule. It's like when, when when that sort of like connection wasn't there, it was like really noticeable for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I know what I need to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was an interesting one because it was a, a funny scene because it was just like, oh, Mike is going to do the thing. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Shut up, fuck face. But, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. but then it finishes yeah. it. You're like. Hey, yeah, just go and do thing, blah blah blah. So, like, you, it was like this interesting kind of dynamic that we were seeing. The thing I love the most about that scene is just Mikey sitting in the corner doing nothing, and you can like see it's like, the whole thing is hinging right on Mikey and his expressions and words. You know what I mean? He's yeah. so great in that. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. No, that 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 was <laughs> that. That was a great bit. That was a great bit. Like, what would you say was the hardest or some of the hardest parts of, you know, putting all of this together once you started filming and, and it's the shots and the time and just all of that kind of stuff? You know, I think I, I think back on like parts of the process where like, you know, there's once you once you put things in motion it's like there are things that cannot be stopped. And so that money has to be spent, you know? And like, and so something could go really wrong where you're like, Hey, maybe we should shut things down and just like, wait till that blows over. But like, but you can't, you have to keep going and kind of make it. So, you know, that's the scary part is like, once you start going into production, you're like, this stuff is booked and like the deposit is down. And so you got to go. And and so that for me was was the good kind of scared. It was like the good kind of fear, you know, where I was able to um, just kind of know like this is a, this is our responsibility, and 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 to know that the crew is looking to me to to at least just know what kind of movie I'm making. Like I might not have to have all the answers because they want to bring what they can do as well. And so I just want to make sure I knew the movie I was making. I just didn't want to be lost in that. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just making sure that I was set on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What, what it sounds it really easy, but that's that shit is hard. You know, it's like no, no. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. When you're managing teams and you're trying to put together a project or anything like that, it's just like people then look to you to be like, okay, what are we doing? And sometimes it's very much reliant on this other thing happening and this other thing. So you're just like, uh, well, yeah. you know, we're gonna, but. Um, yeah, it should be happening at this, like one, I, I, I had to do this campaign recently and 
like the date shifted so many times because we're waiting on this thing and this thing and then contracts and the contract negotiation gets held up. So then it's just like, okay, so we can't do it then. Then it's just like, oh, let's do it then. But, but oh, we can't because all the outside advertising is taken. So it's like, all right, we've got to push it back a bit more. And then you push it back a bit more. And you're just yeah. like, people are like, oh, so what are we doing? It's like, well, I mean, um, yeah, we're kind of, we're looking at this and we're doing this and, but it's cool, man. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. And you're trying to keep people motivated. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening? I really feel that. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone wants to know why it's not happening, you know? And, mm. and you just have to show them that like, yeah, it's not happening, but, but, it, but it's always going to happen according to you. You know, it's yeah. like, you, know, you want to show them that like, I'm not going to stop until it's done, you know? And if I can do that, then these delays won't, won't be as serious, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, a, that's the big thing. Like you must've learned so much from this whole process. You yeah. Know what I mean, because it look, took 15 years and yeah. i think one of the big crazy things is it's just like so you said that tv show because i haven't got around to that one yet um yeah, we own this city you gotta yeah. check it out it's incredible mm, yeah no i'm definitely it's on the radar for sure but it's just like so that touched on some of the things but it's just like through this process there must have been that whole thought of what if another film like does this shit? Like, yeah. what if this had like that kind of must have been running through, but it didn't. And so you you you've done it, right? So, like, what yeah. is some um, yeah, the, the the things that you've learned which are now gonna propel you onto the next thing? Yeah, I, I became I you know, I think earlier in the process, I was a little worried about like, you know, getting beat. To the punch you know um but then after a while you're like i i think i can just kind of calm down because there's there's sort of um you know a lot of stories have been told before so it was like just making sure because because then as you start to bring in like the collaborators and the cast and and the locations you you then can really make your movie one of one by leaning into those elements by making it by making Jake the the collaborator, like Jake can make Chris like no one else can make Chris. And like Tony Todd is gonna know Hughes better than anybody. And like these locations, like, you know, I was worried at one point there were some elements in that uh, James Gray film, We Own the Night with Joaquin Phoenix. Like I was worried mm. about some of that undercover stuff. But then I, but then as we go into production, no other movie has a location like that steelworks in the climax. And I'm like, okay, we can make this thing its own character. Then we've, we've got something and just continually trying to lean into what we have and making the movie's identity mesh with that. Because, you know, there's like, there's a really comforting concept. I think Howard Hawks used to say like a movie is three great scenes and no bad ones. And so you're just like, just not just don't make a bad scene and then work your ass off to make some great ones in there. And that, and so knowing that I was like, okay, let's, let's go for it. You know? 
Mm, yeah, I, I feel it must have given you both so much confidence, you know, moving forward, right? Because yeah. what what has it been like now this is done? Like, has it have you done many screenings and all of that kind of jam? Yeah, we, we did a couple cast and crew screenings, which were really great. And then we premiered, we had our sort of our public world premiere at the at the St. Louis International Film Festival, which is like our hometown film festival here. And uh, and Tony came in town for that, for the Q&A and everything. And it was his first time seeing the movie. And, uh, and, you know, just fun fact, it was his first time meeting Crystal Torres, even though they have scenes together. They, they we, because of the way we shot the movie and the budget, we weren't able to afford to get her out during the same time as Tony's scene. So we had to shoot the coverage so that they would be separated so we could cut it together later. And yeah. so they hadn't met before and they were in two scenes together. And it wasn't until the premiere two years after shooting that they met for the first time. Um, You'd never have known that. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you get the right PA who has the same arms as your actress, and you can you can match a lot. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I you know it's uh, yeah, but you know the length of time it took it helped us even down the road, like when we were talking to potential distributors and stuff, because you know you could you you could bluff a little bit by saying like you know I've waited you know, 13 years to make this movie, I can wait more until I hear the deal that we're looking for, you know, like, you don't, you're, you're not going to get a quick yes from me mm -hmm. and, or our team, because we were like, you know, all of our investors too had given us kind of the green light. If we didn't see a deal that was going to help the movie, we would try to self-distribute, you know, and having that ace in our back pocket and to say like, you know, we're in a position of strength that really helped us out and find Buffalo Wade as a good partner, you know? And I think that that was that was very encouraging to me. Okay. Now, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I think that is definitely something that a lot of filmmakers then find difficult, right? It's finding that distribution. So what were those conversations like? And what was the thing about Buffalo that was like, yo, this, this, is, this is the one? But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because it's like, um, so it used to be DVD was such a big moneymaker for independent film. And now that that's gone, one of the big avenues that it hasn't totally brought that same amount of money in, but the sort of the AVOD, the advertising video on demand component, which is like Tubi, mm. Freebie um, here in, in the US, you know, I'm not sure what all the platforms are that are, it's probably very similar in the UK, but um, so basically those that's where like the short money is. And so you get a lot of distributors where like, you know, you'd ask what their plans for the movie are. And, and when they would basically say that that's kind of where they wanted to go with it, you kind of knew that they were just going to go for the short money, get their percentage and just then keep your movie in limbo for the next mm. seven to 10 years, you know? And so it wasn't, you know, and then also like a good tip I got was reach out to some filmmakers who've had movies released by these distributors. And so I went on IMDb Pro uh, and if a filmmaker who had made a movie with that, that distributor um, 
within the last three years had contact information, I would email them and say who I was, you know, who I was talking to for distribution and would they care to give me a call and talk about their experience. And we went down the road with a couple of distributors pretty far. And then I got sort of a, a, a 25th hour communication from some of these filmmakers and it was like, run, you know? And right. so it really helped us out. And then, it, and then Buffalo 8, you know, was the opposite in that way. We heard good things and they, they gave us a clear plan on this is how we're going to maximize this movie in the marketplace. And, it, and, it, and, and they just, they, they were smart. They understood the movie. They said all the right things. They named all the references and, and, you know, it just felt like a good fit. Jake, did you have that kind of feeling when we would talk to, to them? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 a lot of the conversation was was way over my head, and at some point, I kind of excused myself from some of those. It was I don't it was um, so far beyond sort of my grasp of business and of under and the you know you know what I mean. And but I, I yeah. you know riding along on some of those early conversations, it, it was hard. It was hard for me to tell. Like, and I knew I was there was a, there was some bullshit flying. I knew it. <laughs> and, and I, and I was like, this is all bullshit. And then I would hear from somebody like, no, no, that's just how they talk. It's, it's <laughs> and I was like, well, well, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Some of what, some of what was going on was really bumping up against my sort of like, you know, small town, Indiana, like, um, you know, like red light warnings or whatever. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm really glad that, that like, you know, Barry and Frank and and you Josh that you guys had the the patience and the and the wherewithal to just sort of weed through that stuff and and I and I the thing I liked as a witness kind of the process was that we weren't rushing into anything that we were taking our time even though some of the the messages we were getting was like let's go let's go let's go you know yeah and and you know the way some of these places work like e even places that had a really good looking deal that were like, Hey, we want to take this theatrical. We want to um, put this out on DVD, all this kind of stuff. But then we would look at the numbers and see how much they were, you know, they're basically inflating the numbers that it would take to do that. It wouldn't cost us anything, but then, you know, they would have to recoup it until mm -hmm. we saw money. And then, so it's like, okay, they're going to inflate these numbers probably just do a super slim version of that just kind of dump it in a couple of screens and then and then we would never see any money because they're constantly trying to make that money back whereas and 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 applying all those you know solid revenues that the movie would bring in and and just writing off you know their their film market trips to that and you know that's kind of the that's kind of the predatory nature of some of these distributors for independent filmmakers. And so kind of knowing that and hearing that from other filmmakers, like it allowed us to, to know what terms to put into the conversation, into the deal, into the contracts and protect ourselves in that way. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, see, this is, I think that's so important, right? There was a UK singer, um, a couple of years ago, I feel it was, 
and she'd signed a deal with a major label, but then was just like, oh, but I feel I'm being held hostage. I'm not allowed to sing the music I want to sing, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. And you kind of feel bad. But on the flip side, it's just like there have been so many examples of this. Sure, yeah. like surely you do your homework before you do this kind of thing. Like Prince was in limbo for years. We've heard about like the Supreme yeah. Diamond Ross, just all of these people that went through hell and didn't have control over their rights and everything. Yeah, and I think people do their research, but I think people hear some of these things like we're going to take it theoretical in cinemas we're going to do this we're going to have this run and be like oh my god yeah it's damn boom i'll do yeah. but don't look at it i remember i was creating an image bank for one organization i was working for and i needed to find a company to house it and you know do all of this kind of thing and there was companies going, oh, yeah, 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 no. So we'll do it for free and we'll do this. But then you look at the contract and be like, yeah, first year is free. Next year is 30 grand. Do you know what I mean? Or they own all the rights to the photos. And it's just like, Yo, I ain't signing this. Like, what yeah. the hell? And then you, you have to look at these things. So I think it's, it's a really interesting thing. And you don't always hear it. Actually, no one's ever said it. The fact that you rang up people and like, what was your experience? How did you go? I've, I think that is such vital information for filmmakers yeah. and which a lot of people probably do not even think about. Yeah. And, and also like just being older at this point than I was when I started the process, you know, I, I had a, you know, I, I have a day job. I have a family. I'm not, I'm not in that kind of like early, you know, early mid twenties zone where I'm like, I want to have this like dream director career and you have these kinds of ambitions. And so like a couple of these distributors might be like, Oh, it's his first film. And they kind of came with some of that name dropping glamor mm -hmm. thing. And it just wasn't like, we were just like, that's all fine. Tell us, tell us what the nuts and bolts of the deal are and like, tell us what the deal is. Like, what are you offering and what can you do for the movie? Because I heard some great advice when I was in LA at one time, they basically said like, none of these people have jobs without us making movies. Yeah. And so we have, we are in the position of strength. They will make it sound like we need them. But if we are patient and we know how to make a mutually you know, beneficial agreement, it can work out for everybody. But we just have to sort of always remember that the thing that is actually going to make the money in the arrangement is the movie that we've made. So mm. be confident of that. Don't be arrogant of that, but just be confident that like they need they need this. And so, you know, that's that's what I always try to keep in mind. Because, you know, you, you start to get that, that excitement, You're like, oh, they're going to put it out and it's going to go into theaters and, you know, and you start to get these like um, successes, you know, to, that sort of start to come into your mind and you're sort of filling in those blanks that they want you to fill in. But then when, but the fine print is always going to be the fine print. And so yeah. I feel like that, there was, that a, was good. There was a vibe of, of just 
I, I don't know, maybe predatory is a strong word or whatever, but like, you know, trying to take advantage of like some kind of like, you know, a hopeful artist sort of thing. And I, I feel like uh, this was my impression again, as uh, and I'm more outside the situation, of course, but this was my impression was that it, it was like there was a way to sort of not really get invested in the picture, but make just enough money that they can pull their expenses off the top. And that's a winning business model for them. You know what mm. I mean? Like that was just kind of like the vibe that I was getting um, from, from, yeah. some, from some of the, the, emails and, and conversations and stuff yeah mm. well that and, that that's the story you hear all the time you know what i mean and and people get just um hypnotized by it right because when someone's like yo we're gonna shoot your first music video in the bahamas and they're like oh my god ah, that's incredible but it's just like you're paying for that yeah right you're not gonna see any money until that's recouped but right. they don't say it but that's, that's right. what it is. So it's just like it, it, it's impressive that yeah, you you navigated all of that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and you know, not to say it was all smooth sailing. You know, we had a sales agreement with somebody that promised big things with a distributor that was probably our dream distributor, and they had a first they had a first look deal, and we lost about a year um, just kind of waiting for this person to eventually you know, show us their true colors. And, you know, so we had COVID slow us down. We had this sales agreement slow us down, but luckily we never made any risky financial decisions. We just sort of lost time. And then when it, when we were finally free of that and we were able to sort of enter agreements, um, it became very clear what we were looking for and what we needed. And so, yeah, I mean, now we're, here we are within, you know, the release and I'm just, uh, it's, it happened exactly how it should have happened. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. But to be honest, right. Maybe you lost a year, but it's kind of probably better that you did. Right. Because even last year, it, cinemas, are they open? Are they shut? Do people want to go back to the cinemas? You yeah. know, all that trepidation. So it kind of feels like, this seems to be like the the time for this kind of stuff to fully be out of blossom and really, you know, shine the way it should be. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no worries, man. So like, um, you know, I realized I've kept you guys for a long ass time. So I really appreciate that. I really do. But, um, Oh, Jake, Oh no! I was just th I was saying I was saying thumbs up. Hey, I had a note. If you break this thing into two parts, you can put the spoiler alert in part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you how to do. No, no, I, I might need to break it into two parts because <laughs> yeah. I found I don't know if I'm just doing it wrong, but I found that I can't upload onto Squarespace something like over two and a half hours so yeah i'm probably gonna have to break it into two parts so that's a it's a really good idea i i think i'll do that but um yeah like what's next have you thought about that yeah i mean i the the idea is to continue to try to to work so i i, I live and work in st louis missouri and uh, you know, since I've lived here, um, I, you know, I'm coming up on almost eight years here, um, which is crazy to say. 
this place is just an intensely fascinating place to me. And there's so many stories to tell and, and just sort of things, you know, similar to how all gone wrong was like a way for me to tell a certain type of story and then infuse it with things that I learned through research. I'm, I'm doing that along the same lines. And, you know, there's a particular true story or series of true stories that are connected in St. Louis from the 1970s dealing with airline hijackings and a helicopter hijacking attempted prison escape that are just stranger than fiction. So I'm, I'm kind of wrestling that research and putting it into a shape and writing that script now and, and sharing little things with Jake as I go. And, um, you know, so, wild story, Kevin, it's insane. Yeah. But yeah. Just so just two hours talking about that. Yeah. Just trying to have fun with it and focus on it, you know, cause I, so, so many times like, there's, there's going to be people be like, oh, you, you shouldn't make it that way. You should make it like this. And, you know, oh, well, what about, you know, what about this? And, you know, there's only one part of the process where like nobody gets to tell you how it should be. And that's in the writing. So like, I'm trying to use that freedom wisely. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think this is a, you know, I mean, a, a great, proof of concept right it's just like no one can be like oh well i feel you should because you've done this right you you did this the way you wanted to do it and it's worked so well so it's like you know what i mean you there's always that i don't know everything right so you can take advice but you know if someone's just like you are so wrong <laughs> you can be confident that no i feel i've got the skills to be able to do it Right. Yeah. And I think you've shown that with this. Yeah. And, you know, a thing I'm reminding myself, too, is, you know, it's OK to be pigeonholed for a little while. Like, you know, just keep just keep making movies, keep going. And, you know, if 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 I got to make another crime movie, I could think of worse things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, one one thing I, I yeah, I wanted to ask and I forgot. What's your sister think? Right. Because you <laughs> basically, you know, Barged into a life. Yeah, you have gotten, you, you stole stories, and you, you profited. So how much cut are you giving your sis, right? You know, what what she yeah. think of the finished product? She was definitely the doorway, you know, and, and I think I think she's sort of as as sort of like kind of she, she's having this pinch me moment just like I am, like this movie's coming out. And she remembers like when I was just in college and I was asking her to like introduce me to people and stuff like that. And so she's having fun kind of going on the ride, like seeing all the all the the lead up to the release. And, um, you know, she, she's a pretty private person. And, and as a police officer, she doesn't want to, you know, go kind of taking credit for a bunch of stuff. So she <laughs> she she's like, stop mentioning me in interviews, you know, and, um, but it's just kind of the origin story. So um but no, she's she's super happy with it. And, you know, she was in some of the the cop short films I did in college. And so at least she doesn't have to be like in the trailer for this one. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, this definitely must be something. Must be something. Now, you also the other thing you, you mentioned that. You know, you you were writing that like all the notes in the script and the changes and the ideas for the shots and all of that. Have you ever thought about putting that out there? So I did. So as part of the Kickstarter, like one of the rewards was like an annotated 
script. It was it was gonna be like my 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 script with all my notes and and then like so I did create a big sort of PDF version of it. Um and and then I included the big shot list as sort of like an addendum. So I have that. Um and uh I I, I probably will put it out. You know, like in the weeks coming up, there's there's cool stuff coming out. Like we'll, we will have a DVD release that I'm excited for. Um, we recorded a commentary track that we're going to put on our YouTube channel. Nice. Um, there's extended interviews that I've done with Tony and with Jake that I'm going to put out um, as sort of behind the scenes things. And, you know, maybe I will host like a PDF download of of my script and all my notes and things like that. And people get to see just how easy it is to make a movie. You don't have to be very smart. I'm, I'm proof. So, yeah. It'll nice. just take you 15 years if you're as, as <laughs> dumb as I am. Yeah, yeah I, I, you are either a great visionary or a real procrastinator. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I, 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 hey, I'm not going to lie. I did watch all the seasons of Breaking Bad and Mad Men during that time. So, like, yeah, I wasn't just, like, locked in a room working only on this movie. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No. It, it, yeah, this is, this is definitely... You know what I mean? I, I think it's just a really great testament to all the effort that went into creating it. All that hard work that you had this, you know what I mean? Look, there's, there's work that has taken a long time and you look at it and you'd be like, you know what? That was a real good effort. Like that, it, it was decent. There was some really promising moments, and you can see the potential for you to grow and become something. But it, it's not every day that you you get to see something that just feels so polished, right? Just so like it can stand up there with like. The wire with Serico, with oh, Donnie Presto, you know what I mean? Like with some of these films that you can be like, yo, this is this complete story that really just grips you. And that's what this is. So I'm just I don't thinking, think I'm I don't think I'm built to handle this praise well. I was not <laughs> expecting this. I'm gonna be no, an insufferable prick I'm, today. I'm yeah. only saying it because like I honestly really enjoyed it. And it's just like Thank when you. AJ hits me up, I know she's gonna send me something good, right? And you're just kind of okay. So how's this gonna be, right? But you know it's gonna be. You know you're gonna like it. And yeah, it it, it was so much more than I even anticipated it to be, right? I, I'm not really. I'm not one for just blowing smoke up people's asses. Like you know what I mean? Like. I'm not going to say this to you and then be like, what a pile of shit. Like, woo. no, there's, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no point. And I think one of the big things about this podcast is it's like, I want to give people honest opinions to things and have honest conversations. And there's been times and I've spoken to people and I'd be like, I wasn't really feeling that bit or this in the film. And I remember talking to someone at, um, I think it was a 2018 London Film Festival. And we're talking about the film. I was just like, yo, this part of it, I didn't really get. But 
because I've got bad eyesight, so I cannot see subtitles. And when you put like a um a visual cue, right? And oh, like the door's slightly open. I'm not gonna see that. So I was speaking to the director about the film, and I was like, yo, this one bit I wasn't quite sure. And then he was just like, oh no, so this happens and this on the screen, and be like, oh shit. That makes complete sense. I, okay. And I, I, you know, but it was just like, I was happy to have that conversation because I didn't want to be like, I loved it. And then be like, yeah, there was this bit that I wasn't. So I think yeah. there's no point saying things that aren't true. So when I say that this film is legit as fuck, the film's legit as fuck, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel yeah. that people are going to really enjoy it for sure. Cool. Thank you. That means that means a lot to me. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you just want people to respond to it and 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 react and and be entertained, you know, and that's 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 what I was doing with a thriller the whole time is is you want people gripped. And to hear you say that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. And hey, no worries, man. Just make sure when you've got this, uh, you know, St. Louis trilogy coming, that you, you come by and we talk about it because yeah. I'm intrigued already. I I, yeah. I want to know what like hijack it, yo. It's bonkers. It's so bonkers. It's it's so strange. It mm. you have to you have to look it up. It's basically somebody, a woman, hijacked a helicopter in 1978, put a gun to the helicopter pilot's head, wanted to go break out some prisoners from Marion Penitentiary which was the replacement for Alcatraz. It was the only supermax prison in the United States at the time. Oh, shit. The pilot steals the gun from her, shoots her in midair, and then, and then what, what was it? Uh, six months later, her daughter, her 17-year-old daughter, hijacks a plane to break out the same prisoner while he's on trial for the helicopter hijacking. Oh man, it's in, it's insane, and that's just and that's just like that's not even half. Of it. That's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we definitely need to talk about that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to wrestle that bear right now and put it on paper, and I'm having a blast. It's it's gonna be fun. But yeah, St. Louis trilogy. I'll have to think what the third thing is. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're gonna be the St. Louis version of Richard Linklater. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll wear that. I'll wear that. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Jake. Any um, you know, other juicy roles uh, coming your way? I've been on a little hiatus lately, so nothing at the moment. Uh, but this year, I'm looking to to sort of branch out a little bit more. And I want to send this send this movie to a, a couple of my old casting agent friends and uh, agent friends, and and maybe start jumping into some more work this year. Oh shit! This, this yeah, you will definitely get work from this man for sure. When Thanks. people see, you know, what I mean, your portrayal, Chris. Yo, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think be watching a Marvel film and see your friggin' name in the credits or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Well, guys, man, this has been such a great conversation. Like, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. This was awesome. Thank you so much. I was glad to come on with Jake and 
Yeah, I appreciate your your you know your analysis of the film and and asking about all the the backstory and stuff. So I I, I had a blast. Thank you. Ah. Right. Same here, Kevin. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the conversation. Ah, no worries at all, man. Um, where can people find you? Let people know your socials and all of that kind of jam. I'm at, so my website is joshguffyjoshguffy.com. Um, my Instagram is joshguffyjoshguffy. And uh, yeah, you'll find all my stuff there. I'm uh, at IMDB, uh, Jake Kaufman 2. Jake Kaufman 1, I guess, is a composer. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn it. All my stuff. <laughs> well, Somebody's um, got to go. Yeah, <laughs> take him out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hijack a plane and do it. Yeah, his tires. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, like all the links are on the website, so make sure you go follow these guys, and um, you know what I mean, so you can see what happens next. But the big thing, you gotta watch All Gone Wrong because, yeah. woo, this film is great. Oh, be before you go, a film that I think you will really enjoy, it's called Blonde Purple. It's this heist film, and um, man, it's so frigging good. It blonde, is so freaking good. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. I it's think on the I watch think list. You, yeah, I think you will enjoy that. Right on. Nice. Awesome. Well... All the success, and I know you will get it because, yeah, the film is great. So, hey, Thank congratulations! You. And um, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing what you do in the future and talking about it on the podcast. Nice. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, people, yes. See, I told you it was another great conversation, right? Both parts. Josh and Jake were a pleasure to talk to, right? And when AJ hits me up with this stuff, I know it's going to be good. But everyone is different. So it's just like, all right, how's this going to be, right? How, how long will we actually have? You know, because I always say, look, a minimum of 45, a minimum of 45. Um, and then you kind of go from there. Right. And sometimes, you know, as you see, it's an hour. Sometimes it's an hour and a half, hour and 20. And then sometimes it just goes on and on and on. And just we could have spoken for longer. Right. But, you know. You have to remember, people have got shit to do, right? So, uh, yeah, there you go, man. It was a great conversation. Um, I was going to say, if you haven't listened to part one of the conversation, go check it. But, yeah, <laughs> that would have been odd, right?
that would have been odd starting with part two first right but then we go actually part one of the podcast where we look at Jung E, a new Netflix joint, devotion about the Korean War on Prime Video, and then there's the new Lionsgate in cinemas plane. So this one has been another great episode. You know what I mean? We're starting the year right. So, people, we've only got more great stuff coming at you. So make sure to subscribe, stick with us, go look at the, you know, videos on YouTube. Um, Your production is going to get beefed up. Things are getting lively. And uh, we will see you next week. All right? Peace. Peace.